From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Thank you for joining us for another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. Currently, Dr. Cairns is bringing a series of studies in the earthly life of the Lord Jesus Christ, messages that will provide insights into the various aspects of our Lord's temporal ministry, from His teaching and miracles to His atoning death on the cross and His glorious resurrection. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, as found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Our devotional for today is entitled, Walk Without Stumbling. The text is found in Psalm 121 and verse 3. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. If the Lord will not suffer it, neither man nor devils can do it. How greatly would they rejoice if they could give us a disgraceful fall, drive us from our position, and bury us out of memory. They could do this to their heart's content, were it not for one hindrance and one only. The Lord will not suffer it, and if He does not suffer it, we shall not suffer it. The way of life is like traveling among the Alps. Along mountain paths, one is constantly exposed to the slipping of the foot. Where the way is high, the head is apt to swim, and then the feet soon slide. There are spots which are smooth as glass, and others that are rough with loose stones, and in either of these a fall is hard to avoid. He who throughout life is enabled to keep himself upright and to walk without stumbling has the best of reasons for gratitude. What with pitfalls and snares, weak knees, weary feet, and subtle enemies— No child of God would stand fast for an hour, were it not for the faithful love which will not suffer his foot to be moved. Amidst a thousand snares I stand, upheld and guarded by thy hand. That hand unseen shall hold me still, and lead me to thy holy hill. Oh, 
Down through the centuries, there have been remarkable visitations of God, during which thousands were gloriously saved. Times such as the Protestant Reformation, the revivals in England under John Wesley and George Whitfield, the Great Awakening in America associated with Jonathan Edwards, were times of genuine spiritual revival. The common factor in all of these events was an undeniable demonstration of the power of God rather than the ingenuity of man. In the early 1950s, such a revival occurred on the Isle of Lewis, one of the Hebrides off the west coast of Scotland. In the course of several years, hundreds of people were converted to Christ, and many churches were built to take care of them. Again, the Holy Spirit of God came down in power. The preacher during those days was the Reverend Duncan Campbell. Yet what took place on Lewis was not due to his pulpit skills, but to the overwhelming moving of God among the people. Strong men, hardened sinners who mocked the preacher, were suddenly struck to their knees by the roadside under conviction of sin. Young people in a local dance hall left their frivolity and ran to the churches, crying for mercy upon their souls. Let the Bible Speak is pleased to make available CD copies of what happened during those revival times on the Isle of Lewis, including Duncan Campbell's own account of that, as well as personal testimonies of people who came to salvation in Jesus Christ during those revival times. To obtain your own copies of what happened at that time, just request the CDs of the Revival on the Isle of Lewis. You may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. 
you may email us at info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. Or if you wish, you may write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. You will be blessed greatly as you listen to these accounts of the power of God at work. On today's broadcast, Dr. Cairns continues to focus on the theme, Jesus Christ, Man's Only Point of Contact with God, taking us his text to chapter 11 of Matthew's Gospel. Although the context is Christ's encouragement of John the Baptist, the focus is upon Jesus as the true Messiah, the one who has fulfilled no fewer than 48 Old Testament prophecies regarding his coming. As Dr. Cairns will emphasize, John led up to the kingdom. Christ established it. He is the message the prophets proclaimed. Yet, in the face of this, the Pharisees criticized Jesus because he was the friend of sinners. The chief lesson of all of this is found in Peter's words to the religious leaders in Acts 4, verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now Dr. Cairns returns to the theme, Jesus Christ, man's only point of contact with God. Some of us here this morning need the Word again. What a comfort it is in the midst of all your failures and all your follies and all your backsliding and all your unbelief. But the Lord Jesus sends a word and he says, go and tell him again. Tell him again. Could we extrapolate from this and say, Jesus sends the word to you and me this morning. Tell him again of the love of God in Christ. Tell him again of the power of the blood that was shed at Calvary. 
tell him again of the mighty grace that the Holy Spirit brings, of the sanctifying power, of the victory that he gives. Tell him again that he doesn't need to live in memories, but he can live in the reality of an up-to-date experience of all that there is in Christ. Go and tell him again. Is there a word there for you this morning? I trust there is. Most of all, go and tell him again, says Jesus, of what you know of me. Get his eyes off the prison cells and get his eyes on Christ. I don't want to rehash what I preached a year or two back when I preached on this passage in Matthew 11 on the kingdom of heaven suffering violence, the violent taking it by force. We looked at that whole passage. I think that there is a good reason to believe that John was misunderstanding the whole purpose of God in Christ. I think there's good reason to believe that John had a vision of Christ coming with judgment as he understood the, the role of the Messiah, there was to be a judgment. And yet he wasn't seeing that in the ministry of Christ. As I say, I don't want to rehash all that we covered then, but the Lord Jesus Christ's answer was ideally situated or, or purposed to, to answer because he quoted from a passage or he made reference in, in what he was saying to, to passages in the Old Testament that were telling John, John, I know what I'm about. I'm fulfilling what God said. But what you're seeing now is not the end of the story. The judgment is coming. I am the promised Messiah. Get your eyes on that. And can I say this morning that that is the great truth established here, the promised Messiah. How do we know that he's the promised Messiah? The way John knew, go back to the Old Testament prophecies, and they're all fulfilled in him. I pointed out some time ago that there are about 48 predictions, about, specific predictions about the Messiah in the Old Testament. That's a wonderful mercy from the Lord. It's very possible if there were one sort of vague prediction that all sorts of frauds could come along and they could uh, make it appear that they fulfill that prediction. But when you have 48 specified prophecies about the Messiah, it is impossible for a fraud to come and fulfill them. The Lord Jesus Christ refers to the Old Testament because in him they were fulfilled. And here he is claiming from the Old Testament the establishment of his identity as the promised Messiah. Now, John's disciples could hear this, and I have no doubt the people around could hear it. That's why the Lord Jesus went on immediately to speak about John to the people. I don't want to spend time dealing with John this morning. I want to spend time for a moment, however, 
showing you what Jesus said about John and how it establishes the fact of the Messiahship of Christ. When Jesus says, go and let the Old Testament speak to John and let John be convinced therefrom that I am the Messiah, he is saying something more than I'm a prophet or I'm even the greatest of the prophets. I want you to watch this carefully. He says, what did you go out into the wilderness to see when you went to see John? Did you go to see a prophet? Yes, I say it more than a prophet. There has been no man born of a woman greater than John the Baptist. I tend to think that the emphasis is upon greater as a prophet than John the Baptist. The reason for that will come out in a moment. But certainly none greater born of a woman than John the Baptist. But he that is least in the kingdom is greater than he. What does that mean? I think again, it is saying as a prophet. The one least in the kingdom is greater than John as a prophet. Why is that? Because John led up to the kingdom. He didn't establish the kingdom. He could only say it's coming. It's at hand. The kingdom came with Christ. The kingdom came in Christ. Now listen to this. If the least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist, what does that say about the king? What does that say about him who is the very embodiment of the kingdom? You see, the Lord Jesus is establishing something here when he's showing his messianic credentials. He's not just one of the number of the Old Testament prophets. He's not just the best of the Old Testament prophets. He's not just the greatest of them. He's not just the last of them. Even Islam will say, Christ Jesus. Well, it'll not admit that he's the Christ, but Jesus is in the line of the Old Testament prophets. He is one of God's messengers. Up to that point, he was the greatest of God's messengers. Even Islam will admit that. But that's a lie. For he is not only greater in every way than all the Old Testament prophets. He is different. They brought the message. He is the message. They announced the Word. He is the Word. They talked about light. He is the light. They came from God. He is the God who commissioned them, manifested in the flesh. He's showing here that he is the promised Messiah. For John and for every Jew, that had to be good news. And for every sinner too. As I'll show you just in a moment how this works out in the chapter. Because here all the long-given prophecies have come to pass. All that God has ever promised about salvation for sinners, starting in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, all of it has come to pass in the person 
and through the work and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why when we go on in the chapter, we find that the truth that he's the only way of communication and communion between God and man is demonstrated. And Christ is shown as the friend of sinners. Look at verse 19. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a man gluttonous and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. I want you to notice something. The Lord Jesus could take the Scriptures and say, Go and tell John what you see. And in the light of Scripture, I'm established as the Messiah. Now, around them were sanctimonious Jews. They also had the Scriptures. And not only did they have the Scriptures, unlike a whole lot of Christians who have Bibles, these people knew the Scriptures. They knew them. We may condemn the Pharisees for many things, but at least they read their Bibles. And they studied their Bibles. And they didn't make vain excuses that they were too busy, or that they uh, didn't have the brains, or they didn't have this, or they didn't have that. They read their Bibles, and they spent time in the reading of their Bibles, and in the study of their Bibles, they gave themselves constantly to the study of God's Word. So whatever we say about those Pharisees, let's remember there are some things in which they could judge many of us. Some of you have been saved for 30 years, and you've never read the Bible through once. You talk about the Pharisees? Yeah, they had their faults. But they knew the Bible. But here's the thing. These sanctimonious Pharisees and, and Jews with Bibles in their hand and in their mind criticized Jesus Christ on the very account of fulfilling the things that the Old Testament prophesied as the marks of the Messiah. Jesus says, go and tell John. And he says, what to tell him about? The blind receiving their sight, the lame, the lame walking, the lepers being cleansed, the deaf hearing, the dead being raised up, the poor having the gospel preached unto them. He's getting down to every level of society and in fulfillment of the scriptures that said what the Messiah would do. He did it. And all he got from these sanctimonious hypocrites among the Jews was criticism. Why? Because you're the friend of sinners. You're the friend of sinners. You know, it didn't matter what anybody would do. These hypocrites were going to find fault anyway. It's a sad thing when people get to that place. Of course, against not only Pharisees get there. I've met Christians got there. You couldn't please them. If you smile, they're unhappy. If you don't smile, they're unhappy. I found this years ago, a little church in Northern Ireland. Our minister's wife was a very, very attractive person. She was very meticulous about the work of God kind, helpful. We all loved her. And to this day, all hold her. I say we all are the young people. We held her and still held her, hold her in the highest regard. She was a very queenly person. She couldn't help the fact that she was born beautiful. 
to some other women, that's a big crime. She couldn't help that. She couldn't help the fact that she carried herself in a, a, a regal way. She was not a proud person. As I say, she was a very lovely person. She'd come into the meeting and not wanting to do anything that would take away from the service after the prayer meeting. She would come around the outside of the church in the front door and she would walk quietly up the aisle and go into her seat. And This is just two minutes before a service starts. So she's not going to talk to anybody. She's just going to go in and sit down and get ready for the service. A voice is heard gossiping around the church. Who does she think she is? She walks up there like the queen. Couldn't say hello. Couldn't smile. Couldn't take us under her notice. And so, the minister's wife decided, if that gives offense not to smile and speak, I'll smile and speak. Well, she seemed like the queen before. <laughs> now she really looked like the queen. You know, the queen sits and smiles and goes like this. <laughs> and she walked up. Who does she think she is? Some people you couldn't please them. And I know the source of that gossip. And that person has gone through life. A bitter person. With many, many other qualities, mind you. And I have to say this because... Uh, I'd be lying to say otherwise, with many other qualities that are attractive and kind and good, but a bitter person. That's the way these Pharisees were. Nothing would please them. Listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. If you wish, you may call us at 1-864-244-2408. That's 1-864-244-2408. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 